Okay, cool. So this is Nate Hammond from Tonic Pop. And today, because it is... What? Well, do you want to do horror movies first? Sure. Okay. Get out! Go home! Get inside! Hey, hey! Welcome to the podcast where we take a quick swig of medicine from the limitless depths of pop fiction, literary fiction, visual art, music, movies, poetry, any artistic creation. And we feel all the better for it. My name is Nate Hammond. You are listening to Tonic Pop. So today, because it is Halloween month, we thought we'd do a Halloween-themed favourites. So, oh, when I say we, sorry, I should say that this is, of course, Movie Bros, and I'm here together with Luke. Uh, give me a rhyme for Luke. I'm, I think I'm running out. I'm not original anymore. Luke the Spook. Luke the Spook. Oh, my goodness. How did I not come up with that myself? I feel... Thank you. Thank you, my wife. It writes yeah. itself. Okay, so this is Halloween, and we are here in the lounge room studio with Luke the Spook Ormsby. <laughs> right. That was so natural. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk about our favorite horror films. So we thought, hey, let's do a horror theme one because, you know, Halloween. And But then we realized, you know, we probably needed to give it some sort of boundary and boundaries because, that, of course... And how far back does it go? And so so many, many. Yeah, and there's so many subgenres and all that sort of stuff. So uh, we're not worrying about subgenres. We're just simply going the, the general genre of horror, but from the 21st century, so from 2000 on. So these are the our favorite horror movies from the last 20 years. Yeah, sound good. Yeah. All right. Should we just get straight into it? Into our top five. Is there anything else to talk about? Because with horror movies, yeah. Yeah. Um, Because this is we're going backwards. Actually, I'm going to give you. um, I'm probably going to reveal something here, but we're doing two episodes tonight, and this one will come out be released second. But we're recording (laughs) it first, so I don't know what we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the first episode, which you would have already listened to, will be talking about what's out right now at the movies. And is there anything horror coming out of the movies? There is. Oh well, there. Yeah. Oh, Antebellum just came out. Okay, Antebellum, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think. There's usually always something, but mm. it's so... <laughs> everything's so fluid at the moment with everything yeah, getting right. pushed back. and um, Yeah, well, as you were saying before, there's no real blockbusters coming out this year. Everything's no, for the rest of the year, huh? yeah. Huh. So have you seen Antebellum yet, or is I it not haven't, out yet? Is it out? Is it being I think released? it just came out on Thursday, okay. so... Yeah, but I haven't seen it yet. Invisible Man came out earlier this year. And we were playing that again when we reopened, right? But uh, that's that's long finished now. Yeah. So it's it, it had was, something to do with what's got, his name? Uh, are you going to say what Jordan Peele? Yes. No, I didn't. It's no. it's produced by the Get Out people. That's what it was. Producers, yep. but producers don't actually don't have anything to do with it, <laughs> yeah. unless you're unless you're maybe like there's a few exceptions like um, yeah. you know Nightmare Before Christmas and stuff. Yeah. Tim Burton, when he produced that, you know, his influence sh- shines through. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, nah, not, not in this one, apparently. It's not his Jordan Peele's sensibilities don't carry through. From what I'm reading, I mean, I haven't seen it, so I can't give my own take on it. But Yeah, I don't, I don't know a lot about it, to, to be honest. I think, yeah. Yeah. Right. But, but, I mean, go and see it anyway. Make up your own mind. Yeah, it's always worth, you know, checking stuff out for yourself. And, yeah, yeah. 
It's got um, it. Janelle Monáe well who on I Rotten Tomatoes, but it hasn't. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, I haven't checked out the Rotten Tomatoes reading. I'm pulling so it up it's definitely now. not a Jordan. Oh, it's definitely sure. not a Jordan Peele one. <laughs> no, 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 because he's had no misfires They're all yet. Over knock ninety, on wood. aren't they? Yeah, it looks like it's got it's got a decent cast, but um, yeah, I, I do like yeah Monet. And she seems to be, mm. she's the antagonist in this one, it seems. So, yeah, yeah. It's, un, it's unfortunate if it's not a great movie. But still, I mean, horror movies are hit and miss with critics, even if well, they, there's yeah. often a lot of disparity yep. between the media critics yeah, yeah. and the general public, you know, when it comes to horror movies. So, we'll see. In the case of what we're about to present, though, I think mostly, at least the ones I've, um, I'm talking about tonight, there seems to be a general consensus that these movies are are quite good, <laughs> and uh, I'm actually going for just the ones that I loved. I, I've got no. I've just decided straight for okay. These are my fav, five favorite. So yeah. it's, it's cut and dry for me tonight. I, yeah. I haven't overanalyzed, you know, whether one's better. Like some some weeks I'll go like okay, this one's actually better than one that I prefer, but yep. I'll, and I'll go with it just because it's. You know, I can break down the elements and, and show that they're more succinct and, and they, they fit better, rather, than yeah. maybe ones that I just enjoy better. But this one is just about the ones that I enjoy the most, so that's how I've gone with it. What, yep. about, what about you? Have you? Um, pretty similar, I think. Cool. So... Hoping um, I haven't left any off there. <laughs> oh, well, there will be some, and, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and our huge fan base are going to... There will always be someone that... Yeah. <laughs> um, There's going to be an outcry. There's going to be an outcry. There's going to be outrage. <laughs> Yes, horror justice warriors are going to be all over <laughs> the shop. Um, all right, so you want to start? Want yeah, start? sure. Okay, go for it. Um, <clears throat> there's also quite. I, I mean, I'm not the. I haven't seen the most. I guess uh, I watch a lot of movies, and I've watched a lot of horror movies, but I, I don't watch all mm. the horror movies. There's a lot of ones I've probably missed like I never watched the Saw series and what? which a lot of people would be like okay what <laughs> okay okay that's all right but anyway we to, to start off with okay um but I've, I've my number five is it's in the horror genre but it's uh <laughs> maybe a little bit outside the box all right and I've got uh what we do in the shadows it's been like this the whole time Deacon on dishes and it still hasn't moved in five years you're a cool guy but you're not pulling your weight in the flat oh i'm glad to hear that i'm cool no that's not the point though yeah you're missing no i know not a I know. flat meeting about how cool you are when you get three vampires in a flat obviously there's going to be a lot of tension viago was an 18th century dandy a ghost cop. Vladislav is a bit of a pervert. This is my torture chamber. Deacon's like the young bad boy of the group. I'm supposed to pay rent, but I don't. The trouble with being a vampire is you have to be invited in. Like come in to the bar, please. Will you invite us in? We need some fresh blood. Hi, my name is Nick. I've been a vampire for two months. My friend Richie's a bouncer. He'll invite us in. Gentlemen, you are most welcome. <laughs> Nick is so much fun. I'm a vampire. Vampire! Vampire! Such a dick. Oh. Nick, 
Why don't you use the front door? You want to draw attention to this house, hmm? You've got a whole documentary crew following you around. You let a vampire hunter into our I don't house. Wait a minute, I discovered my email. I'm dead. Dead. Ah, I'm kill you! I'm already dead! You will not eat the camera guy, maybe one camera guy. When you're a vampire, you become very sexy. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. And I only put it at number okay. five okay. because it's not really. Yeah, right. You'd bring it up closer to the top of the list if you really... F- for enjoyability horror. yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. but I, it's it's probably it's well sorry it's definitely more comedy than mm. than horror but it definitely it has those horror cool. aspects yeah. to it vampires yeah and it's a i mean it's about that it's just kind of yeah. a mockumentary version of a right. horror right so okay so so old um ytt <laughs> yeah of yeah. course and yeah, yeah. To, yeah. What, what um do you like about it? i just I, I love the style that it's done and and, and the the humor in it um is just incredible with uh obviously with with taika waititi and um um jermaine clement they're just brilliant mm. and uh Good team. and then also yeah great team um and uh and reese darby reese darby that's who i was trying to think of the honestly <laughs> werewolves, the, werewolves. the werewolves part is probably one of the funniest parts of the movie oh, man. i just listened I to love him. That he, he guested on a um on a podcast that i love oh yeah uh called no such thing as a fish i don't know if you've ever I listened to know. it oh, yeah. it's great man it's just but yeah he, he guested on it it's yeah just, it just cracks me up he's just, so funny yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah it's just i mean if you like if you like <clears throat> their kind of humor i guess mm. <laughs> like if you liked flight of the concords and you know all that kind of stuff then um I think, yeah, what what we do in the shadows, right up, right up that alley. Um, it's just, yeah, mockumentary style, but done really well. Um, and just the, you know, the horror aspect of these, like vampires that are flatting together, kind of. You know? oh, I wish Maria was down here. She was, um, she's just gone upstairs, but she, she loves that movie too. And yeah. there's, there's just this one scene. It's that dishes scene. About the clue, yeah, just, doing the dishes. Yeah, yeah. And she just. <laughs> Just crack it's your up turn to do the dishes. Time. Like yeah, yeah. We have we have to press pause until she stops laughing because, because you can't hear anything else. It's, yeah, it's these it's, vampires having these like flatmate problems. Like you'd have this flat yeah. flat meeting, and, and the like, fact that they're um, you never do the dishes, and the fact they've been alive. So so it's like it's yeah, it's a, it's a slide on on Twilight where they've been around for a long time, so they know like you, you know he can close his eyes and play for Elise or whatever. What does he play on the piano or play anything? Oh on the yeah. Piano, like, yeah. <laughs> you know any Beethoven piece or whatever, and um and they're just brilliant. They're, they're well educated. They're you know they can do anything and, and, yeah. and rich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These guys have been around for hundreds of years and they're still pov, and they still can't play. <laughs> they band. They still can't play instruments, and they get to that band scene is hilarious. Oh my gosh. Yes, and I love that movie too, man. Yeah, that's, um, that's a good one. Vlad is love. And, <laughs> and Diego. And the, and the accents are not great either, which is funny too. So that's I, I think like, that, like, that, you know. Part of the charm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's part of the kind of, you know, style of it. They, they accept it. They're self aware. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. They're not taking it seriously so that you no. don't get angry at the fact that there's not a perfect 
whatever Romanian or wherever they're from accent. I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly where they Yeah, they're very stereotypical kind of, yeah, you know. Yeah, very stereotypical. But then you can still hear their Kiwi accents as well yeah. <laughs> underneath. Yeah, they've been living in New Zealand for a long time. And, yeah. Um, yeah, no, but that's 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 a good one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, great horror movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there is some gore in it. Like, um, there's there quite a bit, a bit of blood in it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. Enough to give it that sort of because I guess I don't know. Yeah. What, there there are elements to horror to for me to tick it off as a true horror movie. Yeah. And so this this one doesn't quite tick the boxes for me to be yeah. able to like stamp it with authority. So I was like, I do put it into the horror genre, like comedy horror genre. Yeah. And I struggled because I love that movie and I was thinking of that one to be honest and yeah, I was also yeah. thinking of some other ones so this will be a spoiler of what's not on my list but it would definitely favorites and they're like this uh, like well Shaun of the Dead for example I haven't got in there you may or may not have it and that's totally cool but I, I went like oh, I gotta I had to find a way to be strict yeah. otherwise to be honest like I'm a zombie fan so every one of them would have been a zombie movie yeah, yeah. so I had to be really careful so I had to give myself those those rules but um but I'm keen to, and I, I'm actually hoping you have Shaun of the Dead, so I don't feel too bad. I, I want to talk about it, but don't say anything. But I do, and I'm, I was kind of half hoping that you would. So, yeah. I could, <laughs> so we could talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, it's one of my favorite. Um, anyway, but so what we do in the shadows, cool. 2014, it came out, so it's still relatively fresh. And have you seen the um, TV series? Have you watched any of that? I've, I've watched a little bit of it, um, but what's it on I, I don't think I think that was the problem why I haven't watched more of it because I think it's, I don't think it's on the mainstreaming services it might be on Foxtel or something like that have you got Amazon or is it on Amazon uh, I don't know I'm trying to I do have actually, Amazon I'm just looking it up I've now, got I've got out. most of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I don't know where where is it might not be yeah I know I saw it somewhere but I, I didn't watch I, I think I watched like one or two ep- two, two episodes and okay. I liked I, I liked it alright but um it's slightly different to the movie, but um, it's still done in the same style and right. obviously different actors, but um, also really good actors in their own right. What I've seen so far, I did, I did, I did really like. Uh, it's on Foxtel over here. Foxtel uh, okay. Go and stuff, yeah. Uh, bummer. No wonder. Who watches Foxtel anymore? jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. Okay, cool. All right, so yeah, I love that one, man. That's that's a that's a great one to start off with. I, I'm glad yeah. that you're bringing into some of these, yeah. these common ones because I, I, I struggled because I actually when I looked at the list of all those that were, I thought it'd be easy being just from 2000 on, but then yeah. I realized because I am probably more of a horror fan. Although yeah. I started my horror, I, I guess my my core horror love is from maybe the 70s into 80s. We owned a video store in the late '80s, and um, yeah, that's right. and we would watch, like I watched all the Friday the Thirteenth, and so the kind of I grew <laughs> up. My horror introduction was with the slasher flicks, uh, which died out, um, you know, into the it's, '90s, and then it's almost the golden age of horror. It was well, '70s that. definitely. Well, '70s, and then into the '80s, you had yeah. the Satanic Panic, and so that's you had right. a lot of those yeah. sort of like Rosemary's Baby and those sort of like, you know, really sort of dark brooding well. sort of you know that airy slow burning horror movie mm. that was based around that idea of satanism yeah um and that that fear that was that was there yeah, everyone was, was worried about i think satan worshippers and stuff. oh yeah yeah and it's 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 kind of come back around now with other things that mm. different in a different way yeah. Doing, yeah in a different way to 
but what happened was that died out slasher flicks were there for a little while you had your you know quite a few iconic villains came about during the 80s um what for maybe from the 70s into the 80s yeah i guess yeah so mike Haller with halloween Mm. um so you had michael myers and you had you know jason vores and pinhead and and freddy krueger etc and so yeah, but then they, they kind of died out. And then 90s was a bit of a, a weak decade for <clears> horror. And then 2000, it's been a good mm. good um, couple of decades for horror. And for the revival of um, the zombie horror too. Yeah. So in, um, And so that is my first, well, my mm. five is a film. It's a poster. I, I, it's got two genres that I love, uh, post-apocalyptic and zombie. Yeah. So, do you, can you kind of are you going? Can, any idea where I'm going? Um, two thousand. I think so. Okay, so two thousand two British. Yep. Post apocalyptic. Um, <laughs> Danny Boyle. I almost uh, had it on my first. list. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So twenty eight days later. So the plot presents a degrading of society following a highly contagious uh, virus that was accidentally released into mm. the into the world, and then it kind of zeroes in on the survival and the journey of um, four people that missed getting hit by that virus, um, fortuitously or maybe not so much, depending on sort of whether you want to be the the only sane person in the world or the the insane one. I don't know. Like, yeah, you know, there's yeah. that sort of idea as well. So there's a lot of that sort of you know social questioning there 28 days the title refers to the plot point where we are introduced to the main character not 28 Jim. days though what's that no not 28 <laughs> days don't get a, don't go if, if you're like oh i want to watch a good horror movie oh that sounds good and go and get don't go and rent 28 days <laughs> no, that's a different movie you'll you'll cry quite, quite different it's it is it is horrific <laughs> but um it's not a horror um it's a different yeah, kind of it's right? horrible uh yeah but no no but 28 days later but yeah so jim he i has forgot a, that was danny boyle but yeah so jim wakes up from a coma 28 days after having an accident and the virus has been released and so he's been sort of you know on an oxygen tank and all that sort of stuff so he doesn't he isn't aware and he hasn't been affected and then he walks out into the into a post-apocalyptic mm. world i love those sort of ideas good opening scene i love those yeah mm-hmm. yeah it, yeah it really is it's a good opening scene and I just love the idea of post-apocalypse. I'm a big Mad Max fan. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, a George Miller fan there. So so that plus the zombies just made it great for me, you know. Um, it received really good critical acclaim. Um, it topped the poll back in 2017 among... They polled actors, directors, writers, just everyone involved in the film industry um, uh, to list their top 100 British films, and this was in that top 100. Can't remember what mm. number it was like in the 90s, but um, so so it's considered a great film, not just a great horror film. 
But something else that it did, which was quite uh, cutting, was, um, or you know, as in breaking through and and um, allowing for other projects to jump on to that bandwagon, is that it introduced or reintroduced fast moving zombies. Yeah, that's right. So, so you did have fast moving zombies back in '85 with the Return of the Living Dead, but then it it didn't. You know, because there is a kind of a, a, a I don't know, that, that trope of the slow moving, mm. slobbering zombie is kind of a fun one. And so, and zombie flick, zombies just, I don't know, lean towards comedy just in the mm. look and that, you know, but, but this made it quite, gave it a scarier yeah. bend, you know. But it's fast zombies are way scary. Of course, yeah. The zombies, slow zombies can run. Just, yeah. The slow zombies you can have real fun with as, as you know, Sean, <laughs> Sean um, of the showed us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so you didn't have those dawdling, dawdling zombies and instead you had these ones that were, you know, that you could really be scared of. So, um, you know, and, and films that followed, you know, on that bandwagon, like I Am Legend and World War Z did pretty well as well. So, have you seen Zombieland Double Up? Uh, Double Tap, sorry? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I, I like that they kind of played on all the stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was kind of cool. But yeah, and um, the whole zombie genre... It's been. It was relatively quiet. It wasn't just about fast moving zombies, but the whole genre was relatively quiet until twenty eight days later, until Danny Boyle resurrected it. So, um, yeah, I, I just just really dug it. Mm. Have you you've seen it? Have you got? Yeah, um, I I loved it when I when it came out. Um, when I when I saw it, I haven't rewatched it probably since then, but um, I remember really enjoying it when I saw it, and um, at the time thinking it was quite different. Mm. the way it was made to yeah, yeah. you know to the usual kind of horror movie mm. or zombie movie even at, mm. at the time um and yeah when those zombies started running jeez it was <laughs> yeah i know that was freakish but it was also one of the most profitable horror movies ever was it really it, yeah it um it had a budget of 8 million and it made 83 so wow. it was quite quite decent yeah it was quite a That's good, good financial for a success horror movie yeah. yeah i mean i've got another movie in here that outdoes it but um, but yeah, for, for horror movies, and that, that's the thing about horror movies, you can make them on a budget and some of the best horror movies come through on a slim budget. Horror movie fans, and you know, you, you don't really give a damn who the actor is as long mm. as they're acting well. And oftentimes you don't even have time to develop a relationship with the character anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but talking about the actors, these were, they had brilliant performances. Yeah. Um, this was a film where characters were developed and, and you did connect with the with the characters and you mm. were cheering for them so Killian Murphy yeah uh, that was his debut or no, I was going to say it must have been pretty yeah, yeah pretty early but then yeah Killian Murphy Naomi Harris Christopher Eccleston um, you know these guys were all well not Christopher Eccleston he'd had a few before but but a lot of the characters and Danny Ball does that too he doesn't mind bringing in unknowns yeah. I was thinking at the time because they're some of them more recognisable now but at the time I don't remember I remember thinking that I didn't really know that many of the actors right. very well. I mean, Brendan Gleeson, for example, he's done more now. He's been around for ages. Yeah. Uh, but he's, you know, he's, he's a lot more well real. Known. Yeah. I would consider him an A-lister. I don't, I don't know if he's widely considered that, but I, you know, yeah. he's blockbuster movie after blockbuster. So, um, and he's actually, I don't know if you've seen him recently portraying Trump in a, in a movie. I haven't about seen it James yet. James Comey. Yeah. It looks so good. Yeah. yeah I want to yeah. see he, it. He looks excellent. Mm. Plays the part so well. Like, I think I just perfect. saw a picture and I was like, "Jeez, yeah, yeah." He <laughs> looks the part. Um, yeah, so Brandon Gleeson was in it. He was probably one of the more notable names actually uh, in in that. Mm. Uh, so 
So that's that's what I love about horror movies as well is that you can use unknowns and yeah, you don't yeah, and that's why they can be done on a on a slim budget because yeah, a lot of the true. a lot of the you know budget goes to the actors' salaries and so if you get a big name there, they can really yeah. blow it out. Um, but yeah, it was Killian's breakthrough breakout role. I, th- I think it's Killian, not Cillian. I've always I'm pretty Killian. sure it's Killian. Yeah, yeah, I've always said Killian's. Thank goodness. But I mean, he he won a best newcomer at the um, Empire. Oh no, nominated. I thought so not didn't win it, but um, nominated for best newcomer at the Empire Awards and uh, breakthrough male performance at the MPV Awards. I like Killian. I feel like he's one of those stars that um, doesn't act to be a star. If I feel like he's just got a pure love of acting and performance. Yeah. yeah. Like he'll act quite a lot of um, supporting roles and stuff like yeah. that, but just yeah, solid. He, and solid actor. he plays as good a bad guy as as yeah. a good guy, you know. Unless he's just he's got these intense eyes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just like not sure whether to be scared or to bro hug him. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Pinky Blinders. Sorry, side track. Pinky Blinders. Yeah. yeah, he's so good in that. Yeah. Uh, who else was there? Naomi Harris did really well. That was her breakthrough, and um, she's probably more recognised now for. Moonlight and um, uh, Money Penny, sorry, and James Bond. So she plays, oh, yep. she plays Money Penny. Noah Huntley had a breakthrough, but yeah, I love the fact that Danny Boyle just gives his gives people a shot. I just, mm. I think he's and he's continued to do that with his other films as well. Yeah, um, yeah. The screenplay was excellent. So sometimes horror movies don't need much of a screenplay, uh, but this one did and it used it well and it was written by Alex Garland so here's some cool trivia so it was written by Alex Garland who wrote the an acclaimed Generation X book a novel do you know who, who, who I'm talking about Alex Garland so I'll try and I'll try and see if you can guess it so he wrote he wrote the book and then a movie was made only a few years later so he wrote the book in the 80s and it was made like in the early 90s starring a Titanic star um, <laughs> uh, on a on an island party island oh yeah yeah so, oh he's that oh, yeah the beach so he wrote yeah. the beach yeah so he didn't write the the script for the beach but he wrote yeah, the, the beach right and then he wrote ended up um but boyle directed the beach yeah so danny boyle directed the beach alex yeah, garland wrote the, the book for the beach but didn't write the screenplay and then boyle got alex garland oh, to wow. come write the screenplay for 28 days later so that's kind of a cool little yeah yeah um circle there i, I, I love that that bit of trivia. Was Beach after Twenty Eight Days? No, before. Before. So okay. it was before, and then and then he bought him. Oh, I see. Bought yeah, him yeah. on, yeah, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I like that movie. So I mean, I, I could I could go on, but it's it's definitely. Um, I might as well set it up now, so as I go through, it's easier to explain. And I don't have to bang on so much. But when I said <laughs> like I've got this in my mind, when it comes to film hierarchy or the elements in film element hierarchy. So I think what's most important, everyone is different, I think. So mm. everyone like gravitates, it might be cinematography, or it might be action or whatever, right? Um, for me, it's like at the top is story. It's got to be like a real sort of tight story for me. Yeah. Um, and this one had it, great imagination, paced well, um, and had characters you could invest in. So yeah, so I really loved it. Oh, and the one, one other thing too is that... Um, a weakness that I find in zombie movies, as much as I love them, is that you don't often get to have a... There's a lack of a a real villain mm. to, to invest in. Yeah. So, And every good movie has a villain that you can invest in. And zombie movies don't generally have it because it's kind of just the zombie horde. Zombies are the villain. They yeah. are the villain. Yeah. But this one brought in a human villain as well to, to add 
to it, you know. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a really cool move by Danny Boyle and, and Alex Garland. Garland provided us with a nasty human character to, that we could loathe as well. Scope, atmosphere, soundtrack um, was top shelf, fit beautifully. Yeah, John Murphy was the main composer um, and he composed... Okay, so so this you'll love because John Murphy has gone on to do other things with Danny Boyle. Yeah. And he's also... So he has also done stuff with Guy Ritchie. Oh, uh, yeah. And also something that we talked about last week was Michael Mann's Miami Vice. Yeah, that yeah. was That was John Murphy. Really? So Lock, Stock and Two Smoking <laughs> Barrels, Snatch, um, oh, man, Miami yeah. Vice... And that makes so much sense now that you say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you feel that. And that, yeah. and that soundtrack makes such a difference. It yeah. really makes a difference. The last bit of trivia is John Murphy is doing the sound for... And if you've listened, if you've watched the preview for this, you might respect it even more so because it's one of the things that stood out for me. It's for James Gunn's version of uh, Suicide Squad. Yep. Yeah. So um, I'm really excited about just, yeah, just for that fact. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, I'm having... <laughs> <laughs> I was having a little bit of a struggle with my because I've actually got six on my list and oh. I need to lose one <laughs> I had to lose one too just before yeah now I, I guess I, I want to talk about this one so my number four is Bone Tomahawk good evening civilized towns you look a man direct in the face when you talk to him this isn't comfortable. Well, it's not supposed to be. There's a uh, situation. Serious. Mrs. O'Dwyer was abducted. She is my everything, and those savages have got her. God knows what they're doing to her. Every second that we delay. You know who did this? I don't have a name. How many of them do you think there are? It won't matter. You have no chance against any number of them. I'm, I'm coming with you. No, no, I need you here. And this is what a backup's for, to help an emergency, not stay back. I'm coming. We're making a five-day journey in three days, riding along and sleeping the bare minimum. I don't know what's west of here. No cattle trail or anything else goes in that direction. If our horses die before we get there, or we go into hostile territory, weak and foggy with exhaustion, we won't rescue anybody. Don't be scared. I am a friend. You aren't. You had no cause. If you want to question my morals, do it later. Bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts, which we are about to receive. Okay. Um, I haven't seen it. No, I, I wanted... Did that one, I put that one in there because I think it's one that probably a lot of people haven't seen. Right. It's a bit of a, a again, a mix of genres, but it's definitely a thriller, mm. horror kind of movie. Okay. Um, but it's Kurt Russell, and right. it's a Western horror. Right. Obviously by the name Bone Tomahawk, yeah, it yeah. sounds a little bit. Mm. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I, I like Western movies, and um, Kurt Russell's always awesome and uh yeah bone tomahawk um is it's got that kind of it really does have like a real western kind of feel mm. um it's a slow burner so it's it, it's got quite a lot of build up and then um it is it does get quite gory as well yeah you, it's one of those movies you kind of don't know 
what's going to happen or where it's going and then it's probably a little bit surprising (laughs) but um yeah i really enjoyed it um i think you know kurt russell as as usual solid performance Uh, yes it was 2015 this looks really cool patrick wilson that's the one i was trying to think oh yeah patrick wilson kurt russell patrick wilson um and matthew fox is in it as oh that's right matthew fox Hmm. who's also really good in it richard jenkins Right. Yeah, so it's like pretty solid cast, and I feel like it's one of those movies that a lot of people haven't even heard of, let alone seen. Well, yeah, I mean, I have, I've heard of it sort of, but it's not really come to my the forefront of and my I, conscience. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of people think of it as a like it's a it, it'd be a western. Well, yeah, I wonder if it got drowned really out by was that that was not. circa hateful eight and revenant and sort of must have been pretty get, yeah might have, got have been around that time by, yeah by bigger more blockbustery movies yeah. And I don't. Blockbuster is a word. I don't think I saw it at the movie at the theaters either. I, th- mm. I think um, I think it was after that, so I can't even oh, remember man. it coming out at the theater. But is this on a streaming service? I have to. It's see a good solid movie. I think it is on something. Oh, damn, I have to see it. Yeah, this looks good. I'm just reading through the um, through the synopsis. It's um, got a good story. Like it's yeah, yeah. it it follows a good storyline. Um, and it really does, like I say, it gives you that really Western kind of feel, but mm. it's it's definitely like a thriller and yeah, mm. more horror. Thriller, I, I love horror. it when horror like juxtaposes juxtaposes with into a sort of setting that sort of that could be a totally different genre, yeah. purely because of the setting. Like yep. I said, with post apocalyptic and in this case Western, yeah. So that's a setting in and of itself, yeah. Whereas there's no like a movie called city genre. Yeah, you know what I mean, like <laughs> yeah, or yeah. small town genre, but Western genre, post-apocalyptic. Yeah. So I love that when horror comes and meets, yeah, that genre. It's it's genre. definitely like uh, an out of like it's it's just a little bit different mm. um, to your usual kind of yeah, yeah right. Um, After an outlaw unknowingly leads a band of cannibalistic troglodytes into the peaceful Western town of Bright Hope, troglodytes being sort of cave dwellers, um, yeah. fancy word for cave dwellers. The monsters kidnap several settlers, including the wife of a local rancher. So that, and then the rancher joins a small rescue party with the sheriff and a gunslinger, et cetera, et cetera, and they just basically go into it's a journey into hell on earth. Yes, I think if I remember correctly, Matthew Fox is the gun. Oh no, sorry, um, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell is the gunslinger. The gunslinger but, um, right. I think Patrick Wilson is the guy whose wife's being taken. Okay. And yeah, and but I might be remembering a couple of things wrong. No. But um, this has gotten great reviews. Um, mm. The, it looks like it, it actually bought <clears throat> whoa it bombed at the box office terribly yeah. so the thing like i said like i don't even remember it coming out at the theater like wow. you know I, and i think it's it's sad it's one of those movies that probably just got bypassed i don't know maybe they didn't maybe it didn't have a lot of um marketing you know put out um, yeah i think i'm remembering right though it mm-hmm. kind of came out around the same time as hateful eight and it had a look so some, the marketing matters. Like yeah, you've got to totally. distinguish what's your unique selling point. And if yep. they didn't make it... And if it, people think it's a Western, mm. yeah, I mean, uh, these days, Western's probably not the most popular. Well, yeah, if you've got 15 bucks to spend on a movie and yeah. you've got, or oh, Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> or what's this one? I'm not sure. Well, it's got Kurt Russell. and But he's yeah. also in this one. And yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> you know, like, and and I'm one, also, I don't know if they were at the same time. I could quickly look it up, but I'm going to let the listener do that. Um, he looks, I mean, to be honest, like Kurt Russell's got a beard and a he looks hat. Just, like he looks, looks like pretty similar. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So it could have been a simple case of either even mistaken identity or just like, uh, I'm already going to same see year. this one. What do I want to see? Same it was year. the same year. Yeah, I thought so. So why would I want to go and 
you know, spent double my money for the spent yeah. twice as much for the same film. Essentially, sometimes we, yeah. we do that. He just trimmed back his moustache for Burn Tom, Burn Tom Hawk. Right, right. <laughs> but um, listen to this, man. It made so its budget was one million eight, uh, um, one million eight hundred thousand. Yeah, estimated budget one million eight hundred thousand. Yeah, so not not huge. No. Um, actually, yeah, it was quite a small budget. Actually, like like that is a really small budget. Yeah, really small yeah. budget. Uh, it does it gro- give you that it, small kind of feeling, but right. that's also really good for the movie, though. Mm. Yeah. So that's what it says. This is I. This is from IMBD. So don't if it's wrong, just you know accuse them, not me. But the budget <laughs> was yeah one million eight hundred thousand, and it cumulatively grossed worldwide a grand total of. $382,579. Wow. That's a, that's a loss. That's a huge loss, man. Even though it was a small budget, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's... I mean, I get, there's no grand loss in, you know, relatively because they, they can mm. afford to throw away, you know, a million bucks on one actor sometimes. But um, but yeah, that's just... That's a big... That is a big gap, yeah. man. Far out. Wow, okay, cool. And so, just, you were right also, The Revenant came out in 2015 as well. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, I was just thinking of the movies that kind of had a similar it was around look that and time. feel. Yeah. yeah, but this was definitely a horror. So maybe they needed to really make that, uh, uh, you know, maybe play on the that marketing failed on that yeah. one, perhaps. Because I'm even looking at the reviews; it's not even like it got bad reviews. Seven point one out yeah. of ten on yeah. IMBD. Uh, I'm not sure what Rotten Tomatoes is, but yeah, so ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Mm. Okay. So yeah, pretty good. Okay, cool. Should I go to my number four? You ready? You got anything else? Yep. Or? Okay. No, if you haven't seen Burn Tomahawk, watch it. Oh, I'm, I'm ready to watch it now, man. Yeah. Like, let's stop the podcast and just watch it. I'm keen. I'm really keen because Kurt Russell has just become such a... He's so I mean, good. he's already an iconic actor just from his 80s roles, you know? Yeah. Like, Trouble in yeah. China and, and uh, Escape from New York, etc. And then, you know, got a bit fluffy in the middle there. And then he's come back as like he, a, a real good, strong came back even man. stronger almost, yeah, you yeah. know? Like... Um, the Guardians and... Yeah. Um, so, all right. So... Uh, my number four i'll do the setup Let, tell me if you can tell me if you can guess it yeah. it's uh came out in 2004 scenario is to me is genius and that's one of the things that's the bright sparks for it two strangers wake up in a dank bathroom with no knowledge of how they got there um they soon discover they are human pawns in a deadly game created by an <laughs> infamous killer do you, know, do you know what i'm talking about I think so. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you said you hadn't seen them, yeah. any of them. Not even the first one? No. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so. It's one of those things, like, I just... Right, right. I missed it when I was... Okay. When okay. I was at the movies, and then I just never got around to seeing it. But I don't know if... Like, uh... I oh, know, you go. You don't know if it'd be your type of film? I don't know if it's okay. my kind of thing. I, I, I think I think the, it will be. Yeah. Uh, let me explain. When I talk about it, it might come to you, because it, it's got a... There's a sort of a, a mischaracterization of this film because of the ones that followed. Yep. And so if you hadn't seen the first ones and then you learned about the ones that followed, you might think of it as torture porn, but it's yeah. not, okay. actually. Um, but anyway, the scenario... So this is Saw. I haven't announced it. It's Saw. Hello, Adam. Dr. Gordon. I want to play a game. The Jigsaw Killer. Paul, find the path with a razor wire. Technically speaking, he's not really a murderer. He never killed anyone. Dr. Gordon... Your aim in this game is to kill Adam. If you do not, then Diana will die. He finds ways for his victims to kill themselves. I'm sick of people who don't appreciate their blessings. 
I've given you a life purpose. Looks like our friend Jigsaw likes to book himself front row seats to his own sick games. He doesn't want us to cut through our chains. He wants us to cut through our feet. Most people are so ungrateful to be alive. Not anymore. You are a drug addict. Do you think that is why he picked you? He helped me. Don't believe Adam's lies. Came out in 2004. They got to figure things out. Basically, it's a it was a very profitable horror film as well. Made on a very low budget. As I said, it seems that the best ones are. Yeah. Don't need flashy effects. Don't need overpaid celebrity actors to achieve you know nice jolting scares. Although they did pull in a couple of notable actors. I was gonna say they had a few. Yeah. Yeah, but just not. They weren't at at the time current A listers or anything. No. Yeah. You know, Carrie Eels. Um, I never know, know how to say his name, but yeah. Eels. Yeah, I don't know if I ever said that right. Eels. Carrie Eels. 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 I mean, if, you're, if you are a fan of... Um, if, if you're still quite young, but you're a fan of Stranger Things, then you'll know him as the mayor um, in the later season. Uh, but if you're, um, you know, an, an 80s, 90s kid, you'll know him from as Wesley on... Um, Princess Bride. Princess Bride, of course. It was such an iconic role. Or you may know him as the man in tights, oh, Robin man. Hood. <laughs> um, there, there, will, there will be a. There, I, I definitely got to put a, uh, a sound Tight bite tights. break in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're about to listen to Men in Tights. <laughs> we're men. We're men in tights. We roam around the forest looking for lights. We're men. We're men in tights. We run from the rich and give to the poor. That's right. We may look like sissies, but what would you say or else we'll put out your lights? We're men, we're men in tights, always on guard defending the people's rights. La 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 All right, um, but yeah, so uh, Danny Glover as well. So those are the two notable actors. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, their, their, their shine was kind of waning at that time uh, mm. in 2004. Weren't, they weren't big A-listers or anything. Lesser name actors, relatively low cost. Aussie director uh, James Wan, he opted for a percentage rather than an upfront salary. So that lowered the cost as well, which was a really, it was a brave move. Good. Yeah, <laughs> you you wouldn't know if it was a smart move or not until yeah no. I mean Rocky uh, Balboa did the same thing with Rocky and then yeah. it paid off for him. Um, and they saved money by avoiding big expensive sets as well. So it was for the most part there were flashback scenes, but for the most part it was at one location, the bathroom. Uh, even there was a car chase scene, right? And for the car chase, they're very expensive car chase scenes. So, mm. but it was it wasn't car chase, lots of cars and bang ups and all that sort of stuff. What they did was. Um, they, it was just a car in a sh- garage, a garage, whatever you want to say. And, um, ooh la la, a garage, what do you call it? A car holder? That's a Simpsons joke. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, garage, ooh la la. 
Um, but they, so they put it in a go, they turned the lights off or dim the lights um, and then turned the fog machine on and then some of the crew shook the car to make it look like it was driving. <laughs> yeah. So they, they did stuff like that, right? Nice. To keep the cost down. And so its budget just over $1 million, it grossed over 100 million. So that's, that's ginormous, man. Yeah. That's, that's huge. That was a good gamble from James Wan. Yeah, big, great gamble, and it paid off really well. Um, and I'm not going to give a spoiler for this one because there is like a couple of big twists. And yeah. if you haven't seen it, especially you said you haven't seen it, and so yeah. I, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's a really cool twist. Um, I have actually heard the first one particularly is, is <laughs> sound a bit too, but... Um, from people that I've talked to about the Saw series, they mm. say the first one is actually a good movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I guess, like you said, it's not you don't just have to be a horror fan. Like, it's not. It's not just torture yeah. porn. The ones that came after were. Yeah. Yeah. But no, this wasn't. This was no human centipede. This was just a real. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was. You know, it also something else about Saw. It, it introduced us to an iconic modern horror. Um, yeah, a horror villain. Villain. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's really cool when that happens and when one sticks. So it doesn't happen all the time. People try, and every once in a while one sticks. So you know, in the sort of late nineties to two thousands, we had Goat Ghostface, and then we had um, uh, Tobin Bell's Jigsaw from from Saw. Mm. You know, and they were able to join the um, I guess the crew, the the posse, the homeboys, like Freddie and and Boris and Michael yeah, Myers yeah. and Pinhead and this sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, since since the first one there have been multiple other ones but they've become more like i said torture horror the term is torture porn i, I don't like using that word but torture horror whereas this was this would be i think you like it because it's more of a psychological thriller yeah and there is gore but it's you know relative to mm. typical sort of torture things or what you might be imagining it's it's not as much yeah and then yeah so basically it's like a th- psychological thriller with the horror elements thrown in for weight yeah yeah um detective work on the sideline too which was kind of cool that makes it more of a thriller danny glover is the is a detective Uh, okay um and yeah and there are lots of little nuances that that can get missed but they help create drama for example um james wan wanted the cap this is a this is a really cool thing that um i read recently about it and when i thought about it i was like oh yeah yeah i did notice that when i think back to it but um james wan the director wanted the camera movements to reflect the individual emotions and personalities of the two main characters, right? So what he did was he would, whenever he would film Dr. Gordon, which is Carrie Ull's character, um, the camera would be steady because he was a calm and collected person. Yeah. And whenever he he filmed Adam, the other character, who was a more sort of anxious character, yeah. the film was handheld wow. so that there was a little bit of movement in yeah, the camera. Yeah. yeah. So those sort of ingenious things just help to sort of elevate the movie in my mind. and um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I guess I'll close with saying the funniest thing is that this was supposed to go straight to video initially. Really? But they, yeah. But then they had <laughs> test screenings and it did well. was really positive. So mm. they thought, oh, well, we'll try it. And they did a limited release that blew out. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's sore for me. That's my number four. Um, I, I really loved it. And I thought it was just a, 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 a near immaculate horror film. Cool. What's nice. your number three? My number three, I am going to go for. We haven't cro- we haven't had any crossings yet. No. But, yeah. We might not. No, oh, might no. Not. I don't know. That, that never happens. <laughs> okay, number three, I'm going to go. 
A Quiet Place. Who are we if we can't protect them? We have to protect them. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah. It's in my top 10, but not my top five. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, well-written. It was interesting at the time. Like, it's funny because there's been a, already, like, a couple of movies similar. But <laughs> yeah. But it was, you know, at the time, it, it was it was a bit different. I guess it's, it's just a little bit of a different take where they have to be silent, you know, because these creatures act on sound and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, uh, and not on, not on sight, which is which has happened in other movies but it's that was it's more movies where they're down in caves and you know the but these ones are on land and they're yeah quite dangerous creatures but yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're pretty pretty scary looking creatures pretty uh terrifying but um you know they they can't see they can only hear and mm. they've got really good hearing and so you have to be silent and it's um i think it just shows like a movie where the cast has to be mostly silent for the for the whole movie, and yeah. they're acting in, you know, kind of like um, their own silent mm. sign language, and, and it's all physical acting. Um, I just I just think, you know, Emily Blunt did an amazing job, and um, yeah, John Krasinski, John Krasinski um, awesome, and of course yeah. he wrote it as well. But um, Emily Blunt is his wife. Yeah, <laughs> I I did. It was supposed to be someone else that was acting there, and then she. Yeah, she, she read the, the script. Yeah, I, I think he scripting. didn't give it to her at first, and then she was like, oh, "I want to read it." And oh no, she she wanted to audition for it or something. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I'm sure I read somewhere that she actually auditioned for the role. Like she, he, you know, it wasn't like he just gave it to her because because right. she was his wife. It was uh, like she, um, you know, she really okay. believed in the script and yeah, right. and and he felt like she would be a good fit for the role. Oh, and she was. She, and she, she was She's one of my perfect. favorite actresses, actors, yeah. yeah. Lovely that Emily wants to be in the film. Absolutely. But as a director, is it then weird giving your life partner notes? It, it was weird because I was very nervous about it, to be honest. I think we both were. Before yeah. we started shooting, she said, are you nervous? And I said, I'm terrified. And she said, oh, good, me too. Um, I think it's one of those things where people think because we're both in the same business, we have the same experiences. But I've actually never been on set with her, seen how she worked. I'd heard she was a diva, and I just (laughs) (laughs) can't get Emily out of her trailer, stuff like that. It's like, ugh. And um, no, but I think what it was is, and it sounds really sappy, but it's true. I think it's the greatest collaboration I've ever had in my career. I've never seen her work. And when you are actually in the room and she does what she does, it honestly, it changes the air in the room. Everyone is just completely and totally stunned by what she does. Oh. Yeah, and he he was really good too, and... Uh, again, it's kind of a post-apocalyptic type mm, yeah. setting, and um, but it never explains anything about no, it. yeah, so, yeah. You don't get an explanation. You're in the dark. You're in the yeah. dark. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, I, th- I think they they make it easy for you to feel like you're in their shoes, like you could be in their shoes, kind of thing. You can put, mm. you can easily put yourself in their shoes, mm. and um, and that kind of makes it, you know, quite quite scary from mm. that perspective, I guess. But yeah, I think I think it's a really well-made movie. Me too. I mean, there were a couple of little annoying points, like 
when they turned on the electricity and I thought, wait, you had electricity this whole time? Were you using candles? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think there was a couple of little holes. Like yeah, that, a but, couple of plot holes. But, um, but yeah, the acting, you're right, it was held together by the actors. Yeah. There was no other way to, to hold it together. They had yeah. to act out of their skin. Definitely. And they, yeah, because you, you're not relying on dialogue. You're not relying on you no, know, so no. many other things. It's yeah. all like we have to feel what they're feeling through yeah, yeah, yeah. their face and their their emotions right. and that they're displaying. So fantastic physical Which, acting by yeah. um, Krasinski and, and Blunt and, and their, their children. And the kids too. Yeah. yeah, and their kids too. So yeah, and great chemistry, of course, and while well, their husband yeah. and wife. So makes sense. You expect it, it makes <laughs> sense. Um, not always, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, no, no, I, 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 I love watching John Krasinski, and he's one of those actors that has really been able to break through a stereotyped role, yeah. you know, from The Office, definitely into an action man from from the goofy, yeah, totally different character totally on The Office kinda. to you know to action hero, pretty, you know, or in this case, horror hero, mm. um, and he and he was a hero. I was just gonna say, yeah, like um, you kind of alluded to it, but there's a lot of emotional weight in the movie. Budget seventeen million and it cumulatively grossed worldwide three hundred and forty, almost three hundred forty-one million. Yeah. So yeah, did really another one, another showcase that that horrors don't take a lot yeah. of a big budget. They don't yeah. need to. And when you do try and do a big budget, they become too glossy and and then. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you're going to find that's a common theme throughout at least my list, and it seems so far with your list too. Mm you know that yeah. it's about the inventiveness yep. of the director more than anything and so cool yep i love um a quiet place too and that is definitely can't wait for the next end. one but we sp- that was supposed to come out the yeah i should one. say i love a quiet place as well yeah sorry quiet, you, you meant but that made me think of it too, <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> um, it just made me think of it when yeah. you said that because um it was supposed to come out i think the week bef- the week after we went into lockdown oh you're kidding so yeah. it's already been done yeah, yeah. Oh, well, get, get but it now out. it's not coming out until next year. Oh, but just I, come I believe, on. That's a, oh, I think man. they like when it went into when the whole COVID thing happened. I think mm. they just basically put it back a year, like straight away. I don't think they've kind of, you know, moved it back and back and back. Okay. I think they just kind of said, "Oh, well, maybe it's the slot, the time of the year that they right. want it to come out or something like that." But anyway, yeah, they just put it back. Okay. Well, Final Destination is my number three. Oh wow! Yes. weird feeling the cabin starts to shake right and, and the, the left side blows up and then the whole plane just explodes the plane's gonna explode it's not a joke it's not a joke we get thrown off the plane all because brownie has a bad dream <sighs> i saw it the plane it's gonna blow up it's gonna blow up all 287 passengers are feared dead Because of you, I'm still alive. In death, there are no accidents. No coincidences. And no escapes. Did it happen again? Did you see Todd die? What if it was our time? What if we were not meant to get off that plane? What if there is a design, then it's not finished. 
by walking off the plane. You're cheating, Dad. You have to figure out when it's coming back at you. What are you, God, now? I'll see you soon. Nice. Um, and the reason... Um, the first, yeah, the first, first one, one, obviously. The first one, yeah. yeah. So... Just to give the synopsis in case you haven't seen it, this um, group of teens, they're on a um, on a flight, or they're supposed to, and then they don't take that flight because of someone's premonition, and he stops them. Um, they exit the flight just before the plane explodes, and that's that's not a great spoiler because that's actually you know the setup. It's um, right at the beginning. Yeah, right at the yeah. beginning. It's it's really hard. you can't really give it. people die so that's the spoiler. Lots of <laughs> lots of people die. Big surprise. <laughs> yeah, big surprise. Lots of people die. It's but a horror these, movie. Um, people it's die. a horror movie. And these these teams, these teenagers. Sorry, they they exit flight and they now become. Um, there you go. They now become uh, death's target because they yeah. cheated death because of this premonition. So they have to die. They have to die, um, and so it's like a cool sort of. Rube Goldberg way of, of them dying like yeah, it's just yeah. one thing happens and you're like oh phew that wasn't it and then but then it actually connects with something else and then dunk, I rem- dunk, dunk. yeah I remember this when I watched, first watched it I actually forgotten about it until you said oh, right. <laughs> when I first watched uh, Final Destination like you just you know after probably oh, a couple of people die mm. <laughs> you're kind of just like on the edge of your seat like wondering what's gonna right actually kill the next person yeah yeah, yeah. is it incinerator <laughs> yeah that, like anything because they have they play on that like right. there's a few things that go off and you think oh it's gonna it's gonna get them mm. and then it doesn't then you're like yeah yeah and then something else happens and you're like what <laughs> and that's what i loved about it it's, it's just kind of it, w- it was inventive and getting the chance to kind of play on that yeah, yeah. yeah. um just, just win and what <laughs> well yeah and and okay so there's a question that i feel if, you, if you're asking yourself this question throughout a horror movie then that makes it a true horror movie and that's a will it or won't will they or won't they yeah. and then a secondary one to that will be who or who's yeah. next so do you know what I mean like like a classic horror yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so definitely. that's classic horror um, questioning so if that question pops up in your mind you know it's sort of like classic horror yeah um, will they or won't they will this person die or won't they die um, will that put you know who and who's next and all those sorts of things so this one just had that by the spades of course mm. uh, you didn't know the order um, at first of who was supposed to yeah. die so that's the thing about Final Destination is it's, it's it, again it's really creative and so um, that's right and yeah yeah it's all about like well yeah. they're supposed to die in this order so yeah. and and this is what's cool so the um, well the premise was fresh and they made an antagonist out of death they made death a character yeah so instead of having a villain that kills you and sends you to your death, death is the one that's coming to get you. Yeah. You know, and it's not a Grim Reaper character. It's no, just, yeah. it's, you can't death see itself, it. Yeah. You're not running away from a guy in a long robe and, and a yeah. it's, it's you. <laughs> that would be less scary. That would be less scary. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. It's an unseeable yeah. villain that is everywhere and could be anywhere. Mm. And he's, he or she is going to get you no matter what. He's like, got the nastiest Rube Goldberg yeah, machine. Because... <laughs> Yeah, the nastiest Rube Goldberg machine because there are opportunities everywhere for death. And that's what gets me too is because even though you're not in, you don't get to invest in the characters per se, you are invested in your own existence when you're watching this because you're watching, you're like, 
you know, you're looking above your head to because yeah. the, the fan is creaking, you know, and you're like, yeah. oh, I, I might just move a little to my right, you know, like, or uh, it makes you start thinking about everything. Yeah, kill yeah. You. <laughs> so that's it's, it really causes you to question. So I love that this is the first of the franchise, and then after that, it turned a bit silly. Um, but this one was sharp and creative yeah. and it was it was fun as well as as much as a horror movie can be fun self-aware uh, a little bit about james wong though he was the um the director uh he some cool things i found out about him he met his writing partner who helped him write this too glenn morgan back and he's continued to co- collaborate with glenn morgan he, he met him uh, way back in high school um and so he's in his 60s now so yeah. he's worked with him since high school days wow. been writing with with Glenn Morgan and one of the writing jobs done a lot of TV as well as film but one of the writing jobs that they did was on the X-Files so they did quite a few episodes for the X-Files together yeah Yeah, the the original X-Files and legend has it that Final Destination was a fleshed out version of a discarded X-Files episode idea that they'd come up with and then it was discarded so they turned it into a film yeah so that's kind of like a cool thing that these two buddies are coming you know um uh, yeah, and and even though um, when I looked through his IMBD, you could see his his film uh, filmography. Oh, someone's jumping around upstairs. <laughs> his filmography was slim and scratchy, but he's got quite a bit of you know when it comes to the movie side of it. But his writing credentials are quite strong, and he's done quite a bit of TV. And for the last nine years, I want to say he's been writing for American Horror Story. Oh so, wow! Yeah. Huh. So he's he's, he's uh, got good credentials and yeah. he, he directed this well and uh, I think he did the third one as well and then didn't have anything to do with any of any of the rest of them, but yeah I really like this first this introduction to Final Destination and I still enjoy the other ones that, even if they're a bit silly but they get a bit ho hum because you kind of you know what to expect yeah. now kind of yeah but this one was fresh and 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 um, yeah a unique sort of twist on the horror genre yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely that's your number two number two number two is where I have got Shaun of the Dead take on go to mum's kill Phil sorry grab Liz go to the Winchester have a nice cold pint and wait for all this to blow over that for a slice of fried gold uh, yeah all right i'm excited about that i, I purposely took it off yeah. and, and even dawn of the dead i took off and i just i wanted to so badly man but i just thought oh yeah uh, you'll see why with my next one actually oh, okay yeah <laughs> um um what what not to say about sean of the dead <laughs> it's a it's a comedy but it's it's also you know probably a, a little bit more of a horror than I feel like it's like as opposed to what we do in the shadows it's it's a bit oh, yeah, more yeah. follows the typical kind of horror movie yep. yep um it's just it's just a horror movie that is really funny I concur yeah yep. um but there's so much more to it as well mm-hmm. like Simon Pegg and um Nick Frost mm-hmm. based on a TV episode um from a TV series called Space Spaced yeah. yeah it's it's one of those movies that's kind of it's kind of got everything in it, mm. you know. It's got Simon Pegg's character is kind of down on his luck, and you know, and he's trying to win back his girlfriend, and mm. and they, and then, I guess, 
by chance at the same time there's a zombie apocalypse happening <laughs> um but he's still and then he you know goes on a quest to which save. assisted him i think yeah like, yeah, yeah definitely yeah. well it, it, it helped timing. him step up yeah which is was was his problem mm. i guess uh so it helped him become who he was meant, meant to, to be, be yeah for her you know but it's a bit of a kind of a, a quest journey as well where they go and you know save their loved ones and and of course, a lot of funny things happen along the way. Oh yeah, it's it's hilarious. I love it. Do you, do you know the portmanteau that was coined for it and has the gone what? on to be used? The what the name that was coined for it? So Romzomcom. Ah oh, yeah. right, yeah, 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 yeah. So and <laughs> since, since that was the first official Romzomcom, like romantic comedy. Yeah. Romantic zombie comedy, and since then we've had like Warm Bodies and um and and Life After Beth. I haven't uh, what's, seen it. What's other ones? Um, Santa Clarita Diet. Have you seen that? That was uh, on Netflix. Yeah, that that's. Um, I haven't seen it. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is so good, man. Is it really? Ah, man, I can't believe it's got cancelled. Ah, yeah, I'm no, so I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it only had a couple seasons and got cancelled, but. Um, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing the the thing for it. And I thought it looked interesting mm. it's, it's pretty good <laughs> i did mean to watch it but actually i'd, I'd tell you is this it's still on i think it's i was still gonna there. say it's it's still but you only get a couple yeah. seasons and yeah yeah it leaves you hanging unfortunately but ah uh, that sucks but yeah but Shaun of the dead man like i mean that was simon Pegg sort of coming well, kind of introduced us to it, simon Pegg. our main introduction to simon Pegg beyond yeah. his, like space and stuff yeah yeah um it had, it had some other tv cult tv alumni there um dylan moran yeah i was gonna say dylan moran was in it mm. Um, and then, um, oh, who was the stepdad? Yeah, that's that's. Uh, come on, I can't believe classic. it. Bill Nye, oh, jeez. Yeah. So you come back in. And He's so good. Tick, tick. Um, yes, Bill Nye. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Dylan Moran, Bill Nye. Um, I think there's quite a few faces that you recognise. Mm. Oh, um, oh, how do you say his name? Peter Seraph. But now it's again <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. One. Again, another one. Yep. You you know his face. Mm. Uh, he, oh, great, a really good actor, actually. And of course, um, written by Simon Pegg. Written by Simon Pegg, Nick Simon. Frost, and directed by Edgar Wright. Yeah, who also helped write it. Oh yeah, yeah. So he was one of the writer, and he uh, like they, they've worked together for the whole of the. <laughs> Wait, was it written by episode? Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright? Yeah, I'm, I'm not Nick sure. Frost if Nick Frost had a whole lot to do with the writing. Yeah, I'm not 100 just sure. He just did yeah. yeah, brilliant movie. Yeah, it was gold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Hot Fuzz and World's End came after that as part of the trilogy. Yeah, um, that's right. You know, with the same sort of people, same team. Yeah, because yeah. that's Edgar Wright as well, isn't it? Yeah. For those ones, yeah. 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 So, I mean, and he's, you know, gone on to do, Edgar Wright has gone on to do really cool things too, Baby Driver and yeah. Scott Pilgrim and stuff. And, yeah. Um, but, that's right, Pilgrim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love, I, I love, you know, one of my favorite things about Shaun of the Dead is the opening scenes where um you know sort of like where he is a zombie yeah yeah where he, they're showing he, like him he's just like zombie. going through his life and he is the zombie he's the zombie yeah, yeah. He's, he's a zombie-esque person it's really clever it's like yeah really clever and then he walks the street and, and the funny thing is that he's he's so zombie-like with his existence that day two he doesn't know he doesn't even notice that everyone has become zombies because he's just it's like he's one of them yeah yeah everyone's just doing the same thing like the same zombie boy that was kicking the ball the soccer ball was was kicking the soccer ball everyone's just going about their daily routine but as zombies because yeah. it's just and it's kind of like a, i guess 
a, a sort of you know what was the word yeah yeah, yeah. just 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 a, a a slight on on our social existence yeah i think probably even more on our now. social awareness yeah yeah, yeah yeah probably way more yeah now <laughs> than it was in the in the yeah and even yeah. when they're like um was it him and Nick Frost character? They're drunk and in the street, and there's a zombie coming towards them, going, Rrr, and they yeah, just start yeah. going, da 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 Oh, and that, yeah, when they, when they first meet the first zombie that they meet in the backyard, they're like, huh? Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah, but this is another one where the slow-moving zombies are more effective. Like the fast oh, yeah. zombies wouldn't have been as wouldn't have worked, wouldn't have worked, wouldn't have been funny, wouldn't have been as funny. But they're able to stand there and throw records at the. <laughs> I don't know why they would throw records think that was appropriate but they, they did and that was just part of the fun but yes yeah. oh man that's one of my favourite movies honestly like yeah. movies all round like I guess if I listed my top 30 that would definitely be in there just any movie because yeah. it's, it's one that I've rewatched quite a few times but I, again I didn't have it because I just didn't want to overdo the zombie theme and I thought okay if I, if I take out the comedies I'm happy to take one for the team generally yeah and I kind of was hoping you'd have it in there so thanks thanks bro no worries um, so my number two is okay so this is another this is a zombie flick it's uh, action thriller horror zombie flick and it is Korean and it is Train to Busan the train bound for Busan station is departing shortly excuse me that woman does not seem right to me Requesting medical assistance in car number 11. What the? Get back! Get back! Ah! All of you! Shut the door! I haven't seen it, but I've heard really good things about it. Yeah, and and I didn't... I don't know if there's an overdub version of it. I don't know. I I watched the one with Mm. subtitles. uh, And I don't don't mind that. It's such a visual spectacle that, you know, it's, it's fun anyway you don't you don't need the overdub and, plus yeah. the, and the action the choreography and the all that sort of stuff it just works it just yeah. works really well basically it's uh it's, a, it's about a dad trying to get his daughter home on this train while they're being sort of surrounded by hordes of zombies so yeah. that's a simple premise right um but it's thrilling it's unique it's entertaining it's a it's a cool twist on the zombie genre it doesn't introduce anything totally totally new per se yeah. but it is a, a nice twist on it mm. um uh the characters are like just fully fleshed out and you do really develop a strong connection to them yeah uh it's got plenty of um social commentary and uh just lots of just really well placed action yeah you know so so it wasn't it was high octane but it wasn't just like punch 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 it was paced really well so you really got to sort of told enough story told enough story you know and it allowed you to because sometimes if something is overly high octane you don't get to invest in the characters so much you don't get time to you don't get to sort of sit with them yeah um so this one you got to kind of sit with them and 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 get to know them a little bit uh directed and written by sang ho yon um i hope i'm pronouncing that right uh zombie flicks i think they're often noted um to add an element of uh, subversion you could say or even outright blatant social commentary as I said before um, like you know we were yeah. just talking about this opening scenes of Shaun of the Dead for example yeah. and zombie flicks often do that and this was no different and I, I, you'd probably know again at the top of my movie elements hierarchy 
among stories is also characters yeah. and specifically characters that you care about and so yeah. as i said you can't help but care about these characters and, and be cheering for them you know dad and daughter riding a train um you're hoping you're praying you're cheering for them also uh as i said before it's essential to a good horror is allowing those questions to be asked around their survival will they or won't they and this yeah. had that you know and you want it all the way until the screen goes black you know yeah arm pops up out of the earth or whatever it is. You know, it also ticks the blood and gore box, which, you know, every good horror has at least some, a little bit of blood and gore, but it's not just a blood splatter fest. You know, Mm. there is definitely a healthy healthy dose, but there's a balance, as I said, of emotional drama and um, funny moments even, as well as chaotic brutality. And um, so in my mind, good zombie flicks have that chaos factor yeah and um yeah and that's it it's just uber cool swift eye-locking horror one of the best yeah. of the 21st century so that's why it's my number two i'll have to watch it yeah did you know there's a sequel yes okay yeah because i i think it kind of slipped in under the radar this year slipped in yeah. hasn't hasn't been reviewed as well and i haven't no. seen it yet um I'm, i want to make a point of it i don't want it to dampen Peninsula. my experience of, of yeah Busan, but so far it looks like the reviews aren't as good as the first one right but. yeah Certainly not with Rotten Tomatoes and yeah, Tomatoes, oh, right. Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, so I'm going to put that on my list. Yeah, put it on your list. I like this this uh, quote from a critic. He says, "Train to Busan doesn't blaze any new trails, but it sends the tricks and tropes of a genre that so often feels it is nothing more to offer." So this actually did offer something, and that was Brent McKnight, and this did offer something new mm. to the zombie. Uh, just like 28 Days, that's why I started with 28 Days yeah. Later. It some, added something new and fresh to the zombie genre. And this also added something new and fresh to the zombie genre. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well maintaining some of those essential tropes. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's my number two. So, honorable mentions. Before we get to our number ones. Honorable mentions. Uh, yep, I've got a few here. All right. Halloween. I've waited for him. Yeah. The newest one? Yeah. I love um, that one. Yeah. I thought felt like one of the old horror movies, like mm. you're talking about the movies from the eighties, like it had those elements, but I just thought it was really good. Mm. Like <laughs> it, it had it all like they, they cut out a bunch of the Halloweens that were in the middle. They did. The ones that they just didn't want. Yeah. They didn't want part of the um chronology. And they continued they just on discarded them. But yeah, like uh it's just a really good follow up. Mm. <laughs> No, I've got that in my honorable mentions as well. Yeah. I was close to having it in my top five just for sentimental reasons. I almost yeah. had it in there for the same reason and yeah. for the reasons that I've just said. Like, right. you know, because because we were doing the from 2000 onwards. Yeah, but yeah, it yeah. was, was like, one oh, of those. We need something that. Yeah, yeah. it drags you back to that kind of. Yeah. Those classic slasher flicks. Yeah. Yep. What else did you have? I had Zombieland. to Zombieland which oh, we yeah. mentioned Zombieland and Zombieland Double Tap I yeah. like them both I like them both too yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was the same when that when that when the first one came out like I was 
pleasantly surprised. I don't know. I didn't, yeah, you know, yeah. it was just, it was a, a, a different take. I on saw it. Zombieland on a plane. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And I wish I was wishing I'd seen it on the big <laughs> yeah, screen. I was going to say, he's still, yeah. yeah. So there you go. If you still okay. enjoyed it on a plane. <laughs> I enjoyed it on the plane, yeah, yeah. That's a good and Double tap, double tap was funny. If I ever find the person who killed um, Bill Murray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious Woody Harrelson is great man. he's yeah. always good but yeah, yeah he was yeah and, and Jesse Eisenberg yep redeems his Lex Luthor you know <laughs> that he's really good in both in, zombie, in both the Zombieland movies so yep. like almost perfect for him mm. and yeah definitely yeah yeah right. um, and then I also had uh, Let the Right One In yeah um, see that's number the, one on so many original. lists I yeah just, it just didn't jive with me for some reason, but I did. I, I, I liked it, but I, it didn't. I liked it. I, I like it's, you know, it's quite slow, mm. slow paced. Um, and again, I like it because it's a different, it's a different take on mm. a horror movie. You yeah. Know? And it, it's not what you expect really from a horror movie and the way they tell the story. Yeah. And I watched it late but, at night. And so I've got to take that. That's the factor, you know, sometimes yeah. you watch it. You know, that's those slow burning movies late at night. You just don't you fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was drifting a little bit, so I probably didn't get as much out of it as I probably could have. And yeah. it just wasn't all that for me. But I know it's topping it. You know, when I was just yeah, a lot of doing people. a little bit of research and reminding myself, I was realizing, wow, yeah, it's the top of the list. It must mm. be better than I remembered it. I haven't seen the, I haven't seen Let Me In, which was the American version mm. of it with chloe grace Moritz. no i haven't seen that one either. but um i heard that one was actually a pretty good adaptation right okay like because you know they don't Americans usually do, don't often yeah yeah do them that well but um I, I i'm pretty sure i've heard that one's actually not not bad okay like as far as that goes yeah. yeah i mean i can think of a couple good american adapted ones but overall they don't generally get it right i won't mention yeah. it in case they're on your number one list I'm not sure. <laughs> but me american psycho was on my list and, <sighs> um yep. uh, yeah yeah <laughs> Um, that was like 2000, wasn't it? Was it 2000, 2001? Uh, it was pretty early. It was early. It was yeah. early in the 2000s. It was definitely the 2000s. I, um, yeah. That was almost on my list and then I forgot yeah. <laughs> when I was going back over. There's a movie I saw quite a while ago and it's in Spanish. It's called Rec. Um, REC is in record. Ah, uh, yeah. A, I've heard of that one. Yeah, yeah. And that was that. really good. And that, that definitely deserves an honorable mention because it definitely one of the better horror movies that are out there yeah. just as i said i focused on my favorite ones yeah but if i was like over analyzing i'd probably have to put that in my top five i reckon um yeah zombie land as well what else you got i had i had land on land of the dead on there okay. which was george romero as well so zach snyder did a 2004 version of dawn of the dead which is a george romero and he did that's actually one of my top five favorites i'm gonna be honest but i didn't put it in here because i already had a couple Zombie. They've just all been zombie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they are good though. Mm. Like I don't know, zombie movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could have, and I shouldn't have felt guilty about it. But I just don't. I know what you mean though. You don't yeah, want it to yeah. be like too heavy-handed with yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, no, no. <laughs> but um, but it works, and I, I love it. I love the whole like being holed up in the mall thing. I don't know. It just gives you so much to play with. Yeah. And so much so much fun can be had in a shopping mall and when things go awry and you're just you know, there's an ensemble there that are just fighting to for survival, but they've got this cool like if I if I had to be holed up from a zombie apocalypse, I would hope it would be in a shopping mall. Yeah. You know, a big shopping mall. <laughs> Not the Eagle Bee shopping mall. <laughs> you know, a couple of shops there, but the you know. Yeah. If it happened 
A shopping okay. mall big wouldn't be a bad place to be. Yeah. Well, I think that's pretty much. Have it all the supplies. Have you got any more honourables? Uh, that's probably enough. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'd throw in um, Battle Royale. Oh. It's a bit of a. I guess that's kind of action horror. Was that late? Nineties? Uh, uh, no, no, no. That's two thousand. Is that two thousand? Two thousands. Yeah. That would have been um, the early two thousands. That movie is one or two. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I get, again, well, no, again, because I talked about post-apocalyptic, but I also love dystopia. Yeah. Love dystopian fiction, and this was dystopian. It was 2000. This was, yeah, this kicked yeah. Hunger Games, but... Oh, um, it was, yeah, it's like Hunger Games, Hunger Games on steroids. Yeah, yeah. So this was totally cool, you know, there's all these teenagers that are, you know, a corrupt government puts them all into a into a um, battle cool, for yeah. life and death. Yeah. So those are my honorable mentions. I can... Actually, that reminded me too, like of uh, a couple of those Japanese horrors, like Ringu and, well, oh, the yeah, Ring, yeah. but the original version. Yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. I think that might be. And the Grudge. Yeah, and the original mm. Grudge yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Japanese do. And when I'm looking at my list, actually, I realize they're all of Asian descent or Asian. Like mm. um, James Wong was born in Hong Kong. Yeah, and, true. All um, the directors course, and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and trained um, to Busan is a Korean one. And yeah, they must. There's there's something there. Yeah. Mm. All right, cool. You ready for your number one? It's definitely in the horror list, but um, <laughs> All right. for me, it's a maybe a bit more of a thriller. Okay. Psych- psychological thriller. Okay. Okay. Um, Get Out's my number one. Chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my being here. Get out. Sorry, man. Get out! Yo! <laughs> Bros, we gotta go. Is everything okay? Bros, the keys. Just get the keys. I don't know where they are. Bros! Sink into the floor. Wait, 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 wait. Sink. It's a terrible thing to waste. Terrible thing to waste. Actually, I was meant to use that, say that as an honourable mention. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But I was um, stuck between that. that yeah, that, yeah. That sort of thought too. <laughs> but I just, it's such a good movie. Mm. Um, talking about that, I liked Us as well. Um, I like Us too. But... Uh, we do well together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bad joke. No, Us is really cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just, yeah. And that one is, that one probably fits a bit more horror than... Like the typical kind of horror than Get yeah. Out, but I think Get Out was fresh. It's so uh, fresh. It's it's well written. Yeah. It's I think as far as psychological thrillers go, it's it's really well made. Unexpected too, Jordan Peele. Really, because like, you know Jordan Peele as a comedian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. I mean, when it came out, you weren't expecting that, mm. and not to that level either. Um. Yeah, I think I think you know you're kind of like oh Jordan Peele's written a horror movie okay. <laughs> <laughs> surely it's gonna have some comedy in it but no not really <laughs> not really no it was really straight wasn't it it was like almost yeah. has like free. a couple of like yeah. kind of they're not they're not really funny parts but a couple of you know kind of things in it that um he's maybe poking fun at but mm. just uh, really well acted oh yeah um you know Edward everyone Kaluuya. yeah yeah he does an awesome job and um everyone else in it too like it's got um oh Alison Williams plays Rose 
and then you know Catherine Keener um, and Bradley Whitford are, the, are her parents um, they do <laughs> a great job mm. they're super creepy so how long has this been going on this, this thing <laughs> How did that do at the box office? So it did really good. Yeah, worked off a budget of four and a half million. So again, you know, low yeah r- relative and worldwide cumulatively two hundred and fifty five million. So yeah, really well. Yeah, it made one hundred and seventy six in the US alone. Yeah, wow, pretty big. Yeah, off a four million dollar budget. That's yeah, one hundred seventy six in the US alone. That's that's really awesome. Yeah. And 255 worldwide so that's big so it just shows the power of horror films you mm. know and, and not having to go big budget with horror films you know there's a fine line between because you got to make the movie <laughs> enjoyable as well like you know people like i guess people want to be scared by a horror movie or mm. or thrilled if you want to use that word yeah, but yeah. like but it's also got to be enjoyable or well made mm. you know so enough that you can possibly watch it again or like I don't know. I think sometimes, you know, if you go for too much kind of shock and kind of... I mean, it's very Hitchcockian, so he he would use the same sort of... I think yeah. Jordan Peele called it social thriller, but it does, I think it fits into the horror groove, as in, you know, it causes... There's, there's shock that is... If the viewer can be shocked and scared and, you know, those sort of feelings yeah. can come to the fore, then it's, to me, it's, it's horror. Yeah. And this, this is horror it's just like how how well how do you want to define horror i don't know is it because this is well much different to say a nightmare on elm street and maybe closer to it yeah to like a hitchcock yeah i guess less gore but suspenseful suspenseful and 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 a crescendoing um type of thriller as well yeah yeah so it could be anything it could you could stop it you know at in the third act and turn it into something else yeah that doesn't follow the line of of horror Almost, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yep, yep. So it just because you have it could be a to- really, yeah, totally different. Movie. <laughs> yeah, you haven't started to really crescendo yet. Yeah, but then it just slowly you start to realize that there are things that are that are odd about it. There are things that are weird about this social gathering, this this social group. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, something's not right here. It seems on the face value very you know Stepford wife sort of thing, like where you yeah. like everything seems okay, everything seems right, but something's not right. Yeah, and the audience feels that through the main character and you're willing him to try and figure like that it out slight too. discomfort yeah discomforting yeah yeah i love it so i think you've chosen well thank you very much anything you guys want to say on it um yeah no just uh, um what you're saying like it's just really it's really interesting to watch as well mm. like it's an interesting movie like it's not just trying to scare you yeah i'm on board with that um definitely one of my honorable mentions and it could have easily been in my top five if i hadn't given myself so strict parameters <laughs> but my number one slightly different this is a little bit more a little bit gorier and i've kind of broken the rule a little bit where i wasn't going for comedy and this is not comedy <laughs> per se but it does have strong comedy elements because of well it's just the director's style um it's just how he is the director is sam raimi and he's come back from a from a bit of a hiatus of horror since the Evil Dead trilogy. And he's been working on Spider-Man and he takes a, a break from that foray into the superhero genre. And he comes back to the horror genre and he creates a really awesome movie that is my number one. 
and it is called Drag Me to Hell. Do someone who's not afraid to make the tough decisions. I'm perfectly capable of making the tough decisions. I'll let you know as soon as I decide, okay? Will you help me? Please. Okay. We have an elderly woman asking for an extension on her mortgage payment. We would have to throw her out of her house. We've already granted her two extensions. It's a tough decision. Your call. Another extension is out of the question. Where will I live? I'm really sorry. Never have I begged for anything. But now, I Mrs. humble myself Mrs. before Gennish, you. Please. I beg you. Please let go. Please let go. Security! You shame. Soon it will be you who comes begging to me. Someone has cursed you. He's the Lamia, the most feared of all demons. For the first three days, the spirit torments its victims. After that, it will come to take you. Take me where? To burn in hell for eternity. Um, it was written by, by Sam Raimi and his brother. I'm pretty sure it's his brother, Ivan. Yeah, yeah, brother. His brother. Yeah. yeah, I've always thought Older of him brother. as his brother, but then as I was saying, I was like, a... yeah. So it was um, written by Sam Raimi and his brother Ivan Raimi. They collaborated and they brought um, Drag Me to Hell. And uh, the synopsis is written on Rotten Tomatoes. I'll just read it out, make it easier. Christine Brown, played by Alison Lohman, has a loving boyfriend, played by Justin Long, and a great job at a Los Angeles bank, but a heavenly life becomes hellish when, in an effort to impress her boss, she denies an old woman's request for an extension on her home loan. In retaliation, the crone places a curse on Christine, threatening her soul with eternal damnation. Christine seeks the psychic's help to break the curse, but the price to save her soul may be more than she can pay. Again, it, it, you're constantly asking that question, will she? Um, you know, will she or won't she? In other words, you know, will she die? Will she survive? You're asking these <coughs> questions of yourself all the way through. It's never, you, you know, you're never certain whether she's going to survive or not, mm. which, is, which to me makes a really good horror. You know, I love the Evil Dead series, and uh, especially when it got campy. And this plays a similar <laughs> game. Um, it's so damned entertaining. It's it's a really entertaining movie, and it's like the Evil Dead films. It, it's purposely B grade, uh, like purposely a B movie, but done with A grade sort of you know directing and and acting etc. Mm. And so you know, it's not just simple you know low cost bin you know Clarence Ben Schlock it is it is a strong movie and in 81 when Evil Dead came out you know he was um, Raimi was a noob a neophyte um, a novice whatever you want to call it and you know he, he brought across that fresh nothing to lose attitude with you know into that franchise so sometimes when directors they start like that but then they can lose their way as they get bigger and bigger budgets Yeah. and Sam Raimi didn't for the most part, I don't think, even with Spider-Man, it still felt like you're watching independent movies, at least the first couple. Um, yeah. Maybe we can argue three, but that probably just got a bit overblown and, and that did maybe tried to be too campy, but with a big budget and it just kind of didn't didn't work. But um, it was really campy, wasn't it? Maybe it was. <laughs> don't talk to me about Spider-Man Yeah, too. yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, it's one I like, sorry, just... <laughs> to sidetrack from it it's one of those movies i actually enjoyed it 
Yeah. I like Spider-Man 3. Yeah. But there's parts of Spider-Man 3 that I hate. Oh, yeah. Me too. And yeah, that's... Yeah. that's yeah. yeah if, you're about, <laughs> if you're talking about the dancing scene... Oh. He's the man. Oh my gosh! Why, Sam? Why? I don't I'd like you're talking about horror movies. That is so uncomfortable that's, that's, watching that's this. <laughs> no, what's funny is so Justin Long played, um, you know, the boyfriend in Drag Me to Hell, and when he's when he talked about working with Sam Raimi, he's like, "Oh, I'm so excited! I love everything he does, even Spider Man Three. I know, I know, it's <laughs> even Spider Man. But 3. I love Spider Man Three. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, well, he just took a step down in my books, Justin. No, you can like what you like, and if you listen to this and you like Spider Man Three, you know. Go to hell. No, just kidding. Um, no, nah, you're, you're welcome to. You're absolutely welcome to like Spider-Man 3 and, you know, Barbie and the Magic Unicorn and whatever else you want to watch, you know. Um, but, but, you know, 81 Evil Dead came out and he's, he's still remained the same, I think, throughout. He's, he's not detached himself from that original sort of uh, ah, that, that tenacious, eager soul that that the new the sort of the neophyte director brings that earnestness yeah if that that makes sense um you know so he kept his personality with drag me to hell you could see sam raimi's personality all the way through the film just like you could with evil dead um franchise yeah it makes you squirm it makes you laugh it makes you think um it's scary and actor wise um they all did a great job you know justin long he's his good as always he's he's such an underrated actor i think uh, uh, yeah you know and i've heard good stories about justin long from you know his directors and, and fellow actors and they say he's such a professional and yeah. and i definitely think he's underrated and he didn't you know play a the part he played here he, he wasn't a victim so he wasn't there was only one person being dragged to hell i guess that yeah. the title says it all and that's kind of a cool thing about this film as well because often with a with a horror film it goes beyond just the one victim it's all about like um, multiple victims and almost triaging the victims i guess and um and just knocking them off one by one or maybe just chaotically just killing as many as you can or whatever it may be right so some of the zombie flicks for example that we talked about it's just multiple victims everywhere but this one was just focused on one victim and her quest to not get dragged down to hell Mm. and justin long had to play that that part he was the boyfriend who didn't believe at first and wasn't sure but he had to still be loving and kind and not just fob her off and so he was um very much had to be the one to allow the audience to sort of bring the audience on board and help the audience to have empathy for his girlfriend yeah so he played uh, his part really well uh what's her name um, Alison Lohman she's a protagonist slash victim she did an excellent job she's even nominated for a few awards including a Saturn for Best Actress and MTV Movie Award for Best Frightened Performance Alan Page was actually slated to play that part oh really yeah uh, for whatever reason she she didn't take it up I don't know if she had prior engagements but Alison Lohman ended up doing it she hasn't done a whole lot even before or since but uh, in this case she did a really good job and so you know, all elements combined, I thought this was a fantastic movie, uh, rewatchable, and it is my number one for my top five favorite horror films of the 21st century. She was probably doing Inception at the time. Yeah, she may have been. Because it came out a year later. Right. Yeah, Might have yeah. been. I don't know. Okay. Just a guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember... I remember seeing Drag Me to Hell at the movies. Right. 
It was really good. It was one of those ones that I'd kind of forgotten about talking about Halloween before. And I think it is like, like you're saying, you know, Sam Raimi kind of staying true to, to who he is. And and it kind of, in the, the same kind of way, you know, it has that, like uh i guess campy aspect where it reminds you of those you know those old slasher flick flicks in a way and um i think that yeah it's diff yeah it's a really good movie and yeah i, I agree with everything you said <laughs> uh how did it do with the box office so i think it did pretty good it, it did okay yeah not not as well it didn't have as small a budget as some of the other ones as some of his early ones it had a good uh, tidy 30 million dollar budget and it made it back. It, it um, probably it. comes with you know being such a big director. Yeah, yeah. Big oh, well, director. such a well-known. So a lot director. of budget probably went to his pocket because he's such a well-known. Oh director yeah, true. Now. Yeah. Um, he'd just come off Spider-Man franchise, so yeah. he was a big name. So he would have taken a big salary, of course. But yeah, it tripled, so that's all right. Um, from thirty million to to ninety, almost ninety-one million. So it did okay. That's it made its money back just in the successful. USA gross alone. Yeah. So. As you said, that's a success. Yeah, that's a success. Yeah. So all of the, you know, all of these horror films that we've talked about, they've been successful even at the box office, um, which says a lot about, you know, the fact that horror films do have, have a strong following and, yeah. and um, you know, an avid base of supporters and, and, and lovers of the genre. Except for Bone Tomahawk, which you should see. Oh, except and for Bone support. Tomahawk, which we talked about. Yeah, that was that. Sorry, that help was, it bring help it bring up some of those residuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's bring up the residuals. Everyone, get on there, you know, and uh, and go and watch Bone Tomahawk. So that next time we talk about it, we can be like, "Hey, I made us money back." Yeah. Well, got, how Finally. much have we got to go? Like another ninety million or something. Um, yeah. So that was our. Uh, five favorite horror films as a little nod to this month this halloween month halloween so yeah so we hope you guys have a um and girls have a great halloween don't eat too much candy if you do brush your teeth um go to the gym whatever it takes to work it off and um stay healthy look out for razor blades and apples this is nate hammond from tonic pop oh, sorry, yeah. i was saying needles and strawberries and needles and strawberries <laughs> yes so this is Nate Hammond for Tonic Pop. And this and is Luke Ormsby. <laughs> Luke the Spook Ormsby. Luke the Spook. And this has been our favourite five horror movies. See you next time. Thank you. As you wish. Oh my sweet Wesley. What have I done? Ow. Ooh. 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 Ooh.